If your transmission goes out, you see a specialist. You know? If you break your arm, you see a specialist. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're having trouble you know, with your mind or with your kids, yeah, you, see. you see a specialist. Mm. So why are we making such a big damn deal about it? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Dads on Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ashford. And as always, as always, got the big homie KB, Mr. Kevin Brigantz. Kev, Mike, check. How you doing, man? What's up, baby? I got the mic back. I'm so glad because, yo, if anybody heard last week's episode, when Kev tried to do his intro, it just it went dead. There was radio silence. <laughs> Tried to use the AirPods. He learned his lesson. Uh, we talked about him, and uh, now he's back. Um, Doctor Larry, we have we have a uh, Doctor Larry here with us. Doc, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Good. Oh man, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm really really excited about this because we we've had doctors on before. Um, so we had Doctor Rob on and Doctor Rob Dill, uh, anesthesiologist. We had uh, Doctor Tanya um, on. We had Doctor Kristen Gilliam. Um, but, but we've never dealt with the, the psych psychological portion of it. And I'm like really, really excited to talk about this, but doc, if you don't mind, um, you, you have such a extensive bio, uh, I, I'm not going to go through it all, but if you, how would you introduce yourself? How do you introduce yourself to people on uh, shows, yeah. not the people? As a uh, semi-retired uh, clinical forensic psychologist. What do you mean semi-retired? Well, I, I no longer am uh, actively seeing uh, clients. Um, I retired from active practice uh, several years ago. Uh, I still continue to write and speak gotcha. and, uh, okay. uh, and consult and coach and things like that. But I'm no longer uh, running a uh, a therapy practice. I so you spent you spent 45 years as a forensic psychologist, correct? Correct. What does that mean? Man, he was oh. taking tape and he was getting into your mind and he was white lining your mind, saying, "Hey, I know what's wrong with you. It's your brain." No, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. <laughs> Uh, the forensic part of my practice was probably the last 20 years or so. And okay. basically what that refers to is legal and court work. Mm. So uh, I did a, a lot of uh, work uh, with the courts uh, in the family court arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a, I did close to 100 uh, court-ordered custody evaluations. Mm. I was also a parent. Is, is, that, like, uh, is that like CASA? Or do you know what CASA is? No. CASA uh, stands for uh, Court Appointed Special um, Advocate, and they basically step in um, and speak on the child's behalf. Uh, yes. Uh, basically, uh, a uh, doing a custody evaluation. Again, this was in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, the, the judge would appoint me to evaluate the entire family. Mm, wow. Uh, and so I would evaluate all the important parties, yeah. uh, sometimes including uh, grandma and grandpa, particularly if she lived there or, or was very active with the, with the child. 
and the kids and so forth. And then I would submit a report uh, with my recommendations as to what I thought was in the best interest of the children. Got you. Okay. Because wow. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So, like, when I think forensic, I think, like, law and order, like, mm-hmm. crime mm-hmm. scenes, like... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Am I am I wrong? Am I by myself or just no? No, I was thinking the same thing. thing. I was thinking the same thing until he started describing it, and then I started thinking like, yeah, because you got to get so much evidence. You got to go and hunt down and mm. and really investigate. Like, man, I'm really interested. Like, is that something that always happened in Arizona? And when when would you be appointed? Like. Well, at what point will would you have been called in to be a forensic psychologist in the act of uh, family? Uh, what is that family? Uh, protective services. Family law, right? Yeah, family law. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Um, it, it, it would vary. Uh, sometimes uh, the judge would uh, meet with uh, uh, parties, uh, mom and dad, and he would see. Uh, that they were quite angry and not able to communicate. Uh, And one wanted to one up the other and and so on. And the judge would say, look, under these circumstances, uh, I I can't weed through this. So uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to assign a a family study in this case. Mm. Uh, Sometimes both attorneys uh, would say uh, yes. We we want to we want a family study here. Got you. And I got judge, it. And then the judge would appoint. I know what you do now. I got it. I got <laughs> it. So here, here, here's where I want to start. Um, and I don't. This is this is a pie in the sky question. And so feel free to uh, take it wherever you want to go. But with with you having so much experience and seeing, I, I don't even know if it's the term is the worst of the worst, but just people that can't, like you said, agree or communicate, they don't know how to figure it out. And so I, I tell people all the time, like, if you don't have a plan for your family, the government does. Um, yeah. And so enter Dr. Larry. Um, but, but, but here's my question. Here's where I want to start this off. Where, where do we typically get it wrong? As parents raising kids um, with, 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 all your experience that you typically see, like typically, where do we get it wrong? I think the first thing I, I'd probably say here uh, is that uh, they don't do their homework. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you, you know, you become a parent and uh, you just fly by the seat of your pants. Mm. That's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now, Doc. So <laughs> I'm already, I'm in the red. there's there's a science to this yeah yeah there's books out like like mine for example Um, i see what mm -hmm. you did i'm not upset (laughs) plug it plug it if you want to what what book will we be talking about well my first two books are referred to this particular issue actually my first two and my last one Uh, my first book uh, i did back in 1984 but there's been a couple of editions since it's entitled who's raising whom uh, and in that, I teach parents the, uh, the, the science, if you will, of child management. Mm-hmm. It's really not that complicated. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is parents, frankly, more often than not, get it, pardon the expression, ass backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You know, uh, I mean, I, I'm, a very, I'm a very strong advocate of the uh, behavioral school of parenting. And basically what what that means is is to pay close attention to the child's behavior and the consequences of that behavior. You know, make it as simple as possible. Absolutely. Um, I mean, good classic example. This is this has probably happened across this country 5000 times or more. Okay, Uh, little, you know. Seven-year-old Billy, uh, prior to dinner, says to mommy, um, uh, mommy, I want a cookie. I'm hungry. And mommy says, Billy, uh, no, no, no cookie. It's going to spoil your appetite. Uh, You know, dinner is going to be in about 15, 20 minutes. But I want a cookie. Billy, I told you, uh, you know, you're going to spoil your appetite. Wait for dinner. And if you eat a good dinner, then you can have your cookie. But I want a cookie. <laughs> I'm just trying to get dinner. All right, here, take your damn cookie and leave. <laughs> All right. Now, looking at that and that and so forth, okay, from the kid's perspective, what did he learn? Hmm. If I throw a fit, I can get what I want. Right. Yeah. And I have to ask at least three or four times. hmm before I, I get it. So that the first time when mom says no, what I've learned is <laughs> we just got started, you see. Okay. Meanwhile, mom tomorrow the following morning, you know, is talking to her neighbor and says, I don't know my kid. He is the most stubborn kid I've ever seen. Well, was he born with that? <laughs> or did somebody shape that? You see? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 what we've done is we've actually trained our kids to become obnoxious. Mm. Okay. Yeah. To not wow. to not respond to our, our first statement because mm-hmm. they know that if they keep pushing sooner or later, that no yeah. is going to become a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this goes on time and, and time again. Another example. Okay. Uh, in terms of how we get a bad right? The the two kids are are playing quietly, brother and sister. Mm. They're playing quietly and so forth. Uh, Mom or dad, I don't want to blame just moms. Dad's got it. (laughs) Uh, Dad looks in and sees, oh, they're playing quietly. Nice. Okay. And I call this the sleeping dog philosophy of parenting. (laughs) If things are good, leave it alone. Okay. So he looks in Okay, fine. I did, I did that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Five minutes later, all of a sudden, there's, there's, hey, hey, stop that. <laughs> and, and what happens? Dad rushes in. Can't you yeah. guys learn to play? He blows up. Yeah. Okay. So, again, what did the kids learn? They learned, well, if I play nicely and quietly with my sister, what kind of attention or recognition do I receive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Boom yeah. kiss. Nada. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But if I start messing with her, what happens? Then I get the yeah. attention. All of a sudden, you know, in comes the in cavalry wow. and, and so forth. So, so day in and day out, we have yeah. parents 
inadvertently, unknowingly teaching kids how to misbehave. Yeah. I've literally never thought of it that way. Like, and it's crazy because like, so, so when I was in college, um, I, I took one class called uh, behavioral sciences, uh, behavioral analysis, and it's, it's coming back to me. And this was, this is one of my favorite classes, this one, besides this one and uh, contemporary to moral issues, just because I got to play devil's advocate a lot. And that was fun. <laughs> anyway, that's another, that's another story. But the, the, the behavioral analysis class, I, I loved, I was just like, it's making sense now. Like the the I'm I'm connecting the dots and kind of going back to to the things that I learned about the you know negative reinforcements and different de- all these other things. And I'm just like, this really, uh, for lack of a better word, this is all parenting is. Yeah. You know, again, the the theory of behavioral theory uh, of behavioral psychology, I meant to say, is is relatively simple. Uh, but but uh, much more difficult to implement. Mm. Uh, but this is why I like it. There are, you know there are other theories of psychology. Believe me, yeah. obviously you're all aware of those. But but I I spent a large part of my career you know teaching parents mm-hmm. this basic behavioral theory. You know, mm-hmm. and, and one of the most important things I I taught parents is catch their kids when they're good. Mm. Most parents walk around looking for, for the bad, yeah. right? looking yeah. for a problem. Okay, yeah. and, and and I need to back up just a little bit, and, and let's think about it. What is the most valuable thing we parents can provide our kids? Time, affection, time. our time and attention. In mm-hmm. fact, when they're infants, if we don't give them that time and attention. That's what makes them bad kids, yeah. (laughs) So so time and attention, at least for the first decade or so, changes. When they're teenagers, they don't need our attention anymore. Yeah. Yeah, They want us to be gone. But but things are already set in that first decade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do we dispense this valuable commodity of mm-hmm. our time and attention. Yeah. Okay. And, and the key, of course, is to teach kids that it pays off to be good. Mm-hmm. And, and the way we do that, of course, we don't say, hey, here's a buck. <laughs> no. The way we do that, of course, is we catch them being good. Good, uh, yeah. Like back to that brother and sister playing, playing quietly. You peek in and say, hey, guys, I love the way you're playing so cooperatively and quietly. Mm-hmm. That really mm-hmm. makes me happy. I'm going to go tell mommy how, how nicely you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden they go, oh, well. You know. In fact, you, you know, if you continue to play this way come dinner time, you're going to get to choose your dessert. <laughs> oh. Now what happens? All of a sudden Man. they're getting paid off with attention and choose your dessert yeah. with you want this, that, and so on. For what? For good behavior. Mm. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to again, instead of focusing on the bad examples I gave you previously, That's you know, good. waiting to start fighting and then get attention, or the kid, you know, who beat his mother down finally and got what he wants. Yeah. And I think that's funny because I think that's one of the biggest things I learned when we um, had the opportunity to have Kendall in Montessori school. 
um, it was the actual training. Like I knew I wasn't prepared to be the the father mm-hmm. that I wanted to to be. If that makes sense, and so I just happened to be in a um, uh, organization or institution that was offering parenting classes to the parents, and it was to help the kid transition into Montessori and use and and when you go home, do the same things at home. But I learned exactly those things, the behavior of our kids. Like we always catch them doing bad things, and so it's like school too, right? When you're in school, you always get caught doing the bad things, but no one yeah. nobody, no one praises you for the good things. But right. I think one of the most difficult things. Um, that one of the different difficult concepts that I had to take on was um, the uh, consequence, the behavior, does the behavior, does the behavior match the consequence, right? Because when I, when, when I think of how I grew up um, and no shade to my parents, but every consequence was a whooping. Does that make sense? So it wasn't, it wasn't like, Hey, you know, you did this. So it was mild. Let's just talk about it. No, you stepped mm. out the line. You're going to get a whooping. You're going to get a spanking. So there was no. So for me, there was like, okay, there's a behavior. Now, what consequence goes with this behavior? Does it deserve a spanking or does it deserve the timeout or does it deserve? And and to me, when it comes to good parenting, that takes work. I don't know, Doc. And I want to I want to ask you. um, I want to ask you the next one, too, because I said there were two things. So the first one is taking a behavior to match the consequence. And the next thing was choices. I grew up in a house that didn't have no choices. You do what I say, or you you get you get the out my house, right? <laughs> now you don't get you know you don't get hit on this one. You got to get out. Like you either do what I say you do or get out. So implementing choices was also something new for me as a as an individual and as a parent. So I think those were the two struggles that I seen going through the process of becoming a behavioral parent where I'm mm-hmm. loving on my kid in good positive ways to the, what they're doing and bringing out the positive behaviors out with, um, um, with praise. But how do you get someone to really talk, really sit down and think about behavioral and consequences and then really start implementing choices into their lifestyles yeah. as a family? It's good. Well, f- first off, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not an advocate at all of, uh, of negative consequences. Yeah. Good man. Because, (laughs) because if you do this right, right from the get go early on. Okay. uh, They learn that again, behaving in in this manner, as I used to say all the time, my kids manipulate me, my kids manipulated (laughs) me all, all day long. Yeah, behaved well, and they got my attention. <laughs> yeah, okay. See that—that that was the program that that we had going. Now they mm-hmm. did. see. Remember, kids are born naked, and naive. They don't know what's good, bad, or indifferent. My oh. kids didn't know that I that they were being trained by you know they were being trained by someone who's well trained and so forth. As far as they were concerned, this is just normal. You did these things. And you got rewarded and praised, and therefore you continued to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying they were always perfect, and there were times, of course, when they, you know, when they tested something or they misbehaved or whatever. Now, remember, what did we just say is the most valuable thing that we can give them? Time. 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 So, what do you mm-hmm. think I did when they misbehaved? Gave them time. time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. When we took they, away the time. 
I walked out of the room. Mm. So, you know, so they, they might, you know, whatever, like, you know, I remember once when, when Chad was like three, you know, he thought, of, I'm going to get dad's goat. I'm going to go and play with his uh, stereo system, you know, which he mm -hmm. that, you know, I was supposed to touch, not him. And I could see it in his eyes. He's doing it. He's like, dad, look what I'm doing. <laughs> He's trying to get a response from me. And I walked out of the room. So mm. what fun is it, is it playing with the knob when dad's not there to get his goat? Mm. you know what i'm sorry i'm not i'm gonna let you jump back into this because it's crazy because it's clicking to me right now so my 18 month old so like she loves to run down the hallway and she knows she's not supposed to run down the hallway right. and so she'll stand next to the hallway and like smile right. and take off running <laughs> right. and so me and my wife will always be like oh it's your turn to go get her so we'll go get her she's in her room sitting in a little rocking chair just waiting for us exactly. but if we don't go and get her she'll right. come back Yes. Yeah. And do it yeah. again. No, no, no. She'll just come back oh, and she'll okay. stay and oh. she'll stay where she's supposed to stay because we're not it, like we're not chasing her. We're not going mm -hmm. to get her. Like we're not paying attention to it because mm -hmm. that's not what she's supposed to be doing. And so it's like light bulb, Josh. Keep going, Doc. She's <laughs> now think about this. She's eighteen months. Yeah. And she's manipulating you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you getting punked by an eighteen month year old? I'm not upset. I, I'm upset at myself. I'm not upset at him. He's just telling the truth. <laughs> Again, it's ask that important yeah. question. Okay, yeah. look at the behavior. What is the consequence? Mm -hmm. Okay. She runs down the hall and the parent runs after her and says, how many times do I have to tell you don't run down the hall? She's yeah. thinking, forget those words. This is a fun game. I get to run down the hall and <laughs> big daddy comes running after me. <laughs> Who I'm in charge here. I, I've said this probably a hundred times in my career. And I've said this to, to many parents. And I said, look, do this little experiment, okay? The next time your kids start squabbling, okay, which mm -hmm. always happens, mm -hmm. I want you to pick up, stand up, don't say a word, walk into your room, keep the door open, and sit on the edge of the bed and look mm -hmm. at your watch and see what happens within the next 15 seconds. And I, I get many parents say, What? That's crazy. <laughs> They'll be. Blood on the floor. I, mean, I said, please, I've been doing this a half century. Trust me. <laughs> and what they always say is, is, is what happens, okay? The kids are squabbling in the other room. Mom walked away. Ostensibly, that gives the kids free, you know, free uh, freedom to go maim each other, right? Does that happen? Mm -mm, nope. They stop. What happens in 15 seconds, where the kids? Oh, Doc, I think we're losing you, man. You got you got that Phoenix right on Wi-Fi. In front of mom. He is why the kids squabbling. 
Doc, I don't even think you heard it's me. It's not working? No, no, no. You're, yeah, you're still there. It, no. It's coming in and out. Okay, okay. all right. I, uh, you know so, what? It's the government so because they know you're giving us good <laughs> advice. Uh, so, again, what, what, uh, uh, what the mother or the parent learns is, is the kids have, have learned that fighting is a way to gain attention. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, when my kids you know, used to squabble, they were four years apart, didn't happen that much. But whenever it squabbled, I was gone. Mm-hmm. And they never broke each other's arm or whatever. They went, hmm, I guess dad doesn't care. you know. Uh, and I didn't at that point. Right? Yeah. So again, it, it, the, the theory is simple. Of course, you, you have to understand it and learn how to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, basically... What is the child learning? I love it. That's key. I love it. I love I'm, it. I'm I'm so upset because uh, again, going back to 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 the the behavioral analysis class in college, like I I, I didn't like formally learn anything about this until I was in college. Um, now I also took some parenting classes, but that's a whole different story. There were some cute girls, so I took classes. <laughs> Um, so I had some exposure there. It happens. Life happens. Um, and, and so I didn't get like my exposure until I was in college. And so I, in my head, I'm like, the the people that need this most um, aren't necessarily taking these classes in college or they're maybe not going to college. You know what? What's, what's the statistic? 20% of the world has a advanced or has a, a post high school degree. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's 80% of the world don't go to co- or don't graduate yeah. college. So, um, my, here's, here's my question is how, how do we get this more in front of the masses? Because it's not a, it's not a hard concept. No, no. Conceptually, it's, it's fairly simple. I mean, there are other theories, uh, that are much I don't more like complex. Them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, I've been advocating, this stuff for now. I was a school psychologist seven years before I became a clinical psychologist. So, you know, mm. I've been advocating this stuff almost uh, sixty years, mm. Mm. Uh, and and teaching par- you know, teaching parents uh, again, you know, to you know, to be a little more you know objective, you know, in mm-hmm. in their approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really not. It really isn't that 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 hard. I got a question. Uh, what what is the hesitance of parents getting parent help? Like, because I know you're getting you're getting. I'm sure you have had people to come to you at the brink of I don't know what to do. So, mm. what has been the barrier? Yeah, because somebody's probably listening on here, and they're like, "Oh, this is great information, and I'm gonna try it," or "I think this is great," but you know. And I'm just thinking, honestly, Dr. Larry, like just my culture, like we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not always asking for help. And so we know we need it at times, but we don't ask for. So what are some of the signs that we need to look at and say, you know what, we really need help. Like we just really need to go through a parenting class and get some help in order for us to make sure that our kid gets the best opportunity to be the best kid they they can be. I I was going to ask that exact same thing, Kev, because I was like. Dr. Larry's been doing this since the 60s and 
we we we've been getting whooped since the fifties. <laughs> so, something not clicking. Something something ain't working, man. <laughs> truth is truth. I and I swear it about my my children. My two sons have never been spanked. Mm. Now, of course, they're older than you are, uh, but. Uh, <clears throat> and one's one's a high-priced attorney in Southern California, and the other one's, a, as I said, a director of special education. Uh, so they've done they've done quite well. They're very responsible. They're married well. They're they're great parents. Well, again, you know, we we parent if we get no training, like the way we were parented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Frankly, we marry pretty much according to the marriage that we saw growing up. Again, mm. remember, we were naked and naive at that time. And as far as we're concerned, this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm. So now, in answer to your question, you know, <clears throat> why don't people uh, you know, seek help? Well, again, it's that, that old stigma regarding mental health, like mm. something's wrong mm. you know, and so forth. And, and, and the one thing I'll tell you that, that I can say is positive about this COVID stuff is, is that there's more and more talk now because yeah. so many people are super stressed, you yeah. know, that, that you, you know, there's, there's no shame in seeking mental health yeah. help. You know, I, I've been saying this again for better than a half century. You know, if your transmission goes out, you see a specialist. Mm-hmm. You know, if you break your arm, you see a specialist. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're having trouble, you know, with your mind or with your kids, yeah, you see, you see a specialist. specialist. Mm. You know, why are we making such a big damn deal? About it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, if if you find yourself screaming all day long and yeah. frustrated, and I'll tell you, I've had dozens of parents say, you know, Doctor Walden. I love my kid, but sometimes I really don't like him. Mm. Well, yeah, I understand that. But truth is, it's not the kid's freaking fault. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you expect a 10-year-old? I mean, yeah. I remember, <clears throat> I, I've had you know, thousands of cases. But I remember one time the mother said to me, you know, Dr. Wellman, I, you know, when I put Billy to bed that, that one night, I, I sat on the edge of his bed and I said, Billy, please, tomorrow when you wake up, will you behave? <laughs> and I said, prayer is nice, but I don't think it's going to cut it, to be honest. Right. I like that. I like that. I'm a, I got something for that. But I think what I just heard, too, was good parenting is good mental health. Like if you can parent well, you can be better mentally at home too. And the reason why I say that is because oftentimes I get people who come who come with me to about their kids and you know what's wrong, you know, whatever situation they have going on with their kids. And what I'm finding out is the situations that's with their kids is stemming from outside things, right? So if you're stressed at work, if you're stressed about finances, if you're stressed about that's having a negative effect on your parenting. So even when we talk about mental health, we're talking about, man, if I'm not mentally stable, if I'm not mentally healthy, then I'm not doing well with my parenting as well. Because sometimes even when I'm talking to the kid and they tell me what happened, I'm like, 
yeah, I feel you. I will be bad too. <laughs> you know, and then I got to go talk to the parent and be like, so let's talk about this. You know what I mean? So I think that I heard that in that, like, um, good mental health is will also bring good parenting. Um, mm. And I lost my other thought. I had something else to go with that, but it'd be like that sometimes. Uh, you know, and your point's well taken. And, and again, you know, a, a parent has to understand you know, that, that the child is, you know, is innocent. And, mm. and that you know, while we may be stressed at times, it's really not fair to dump our angst on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, you know, we, we have to, you know, again, it's, it's our job, you know, to raise responsible, resilient you know, children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's our job. In fact, uh, I, I, I go around the country and I, I do presentations for uh, mental health providers and how to coach parents, just like what yeah. we're talking here. Hmm. I want to I, w- I want to pick your brain on some psychology and um, parenting, because oftentimes when we talk about parenting. We often talk about zero to eight. Right. Zero to ten or preteen. I got a teenager. So uh, it's a little bit different on this end. And one of the things that um, I'm noticing and aware of is no matter what kind of tone I want to set, I'm still competing with you know, whatever she, whatever she's experiencing or going through. And so, um, in parenting, understanding like the way that I parent, the way that I feel goes back to her. And, and, you know, there's been times I've always said on this podcast, there's been times where I've did something or said something had to go back and like, Hey, I apologize for screaming at you or being mad or frustrated. But Mm -hmm. how do, what happens in these teenage years, since you've been there, done that, and helped a lot of teen parents through this, how do we adjust in these teenage years when the values seem to be kind of tipped off? Because, like, you know, the anger, the upset, you know, the frustration, and you're like, hey, we want you to be happy. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying this is particular <laughs> how she does, but this is just some of the moves that you see even in all teens, right? You know, yeah. you're wanting to be excited and happy for them in life but they're always like in a rut like yeah yeah how do we how do we push through that how do we help our teens and our teen parents to cope with that as their teens start to develop and transition into young adults well uh well first off they could start by reading my third book which is entitled coping with your adolescent but uh so uh (laughs) yes thank you um It's a different ballgame, of course. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know now. Now the rules change. You know, and and I I used to tell parents all the time: you can't parent a teenager the way you parent a, a six year old. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you can tell a six year old: you know, you're going to do this because I said so. Well, okay, try that with a teenager. Mm, nah. No. Mm-hmm. no. Um, Although here again, uh, some of the some of the principles still uh, apply, you know. Again, because you ask a teen, um, you know, when you know when does your when does your dad speak to you? Mm. And nine times out of ten, the teens gonna say, "Well, you know, when he's pissed off." You know, you know, so, uh, you know, I parent, I used to counsel teens all day long. I did plenty of that. And yeah. many times the parents would say, I don't think he's going to say much to you. You know, mm. I really don't. Mm. 
Mm. You know, he'd probably be in and out and so yeah. forth. You know? <laughs> um, and, you know, we come out an hour later and the parents are going, he, 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 he was talking to you? <laughs> yeah, a very nice, very nice conversation. The whole time? Yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, here's why. Because one of the mistakes that parents make when they, again, you know, nine times out of ten, when they when they are with their teen, it's they're angry mm. or, or they're preaching uh, mm. and so on. Uh, and and come on, who want, what kid wants to hear that? Yeah, yeah. And and mm. and, the, and the, the the conversation is one of this yeah so you know so if you know my again my kids weren't you know total angels believe me that they were far better than i was <laughs> but i was uh <clears throat> you know i would say well so uh what do you think about this it's mm-hmm. good okay or tell me more about that mm. mm-hmm. Um, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about uh, and so on? So I'm having conversations like like this, yeah. You know, you know, because again, and there's plenty of data to support it. Uh, I, I've seen studies where where they mm-hmm. actually monitor conversations with parents and kids or teens. And what they found is, on average, parents did better than 90% of the communication, and wow. the kids the kids spoke 10%, mm. and the 10% consisted of, yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> you, you know what? I I find that. I find that so true. And, and and I know Kev can attest to this because Kev, I know you work deal with a lot of teenagers at mm-hmm. um, at your church um and, and in the schools. And so when I volunteer, I spend a lot of my time at my church with our high school students and our college students. And and parents are amazed. Uh this even goes to with with my nieces. My my brother and sister-in-law, they're surprised at the information that I get from them simply because I just talk to them. Um, mm-hmm. and instead of talking at them mm-hmm. um, and just having conversations. And it's it's, it's crazy because you, you do these things every day, mm-hmm. but you don't really pay attention to it. Um, but but when you have someone like Dr. Larry coming here and like, just like, <laughs> said, like hey, this is, this is why this is happening. You're just like, oh, yeah. Actually, my 18 month old, you know, manipulated me to run down the hall. <laughs> <sighs> Absolutely. But no, that, that, I, that's good, man. I, that, that is, that makes, that makes so much sense at to, if we just talk to them instead mm-hmm. of at them, the and and when they screw up, I mean they will. I mean you know you you can you know you can raise the roof you know and so on. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. You know the the I if if a kid makes an error and we all mm-hmm. do, yeah. uh, we want them at least in theory to understand what they did and what mm-hmm. they ought to do instead the next yeah. time. Yeah. But if we're pounding the table and you know, you're you know you're grounded till you know Halloween or whatever, <laughs> is the kid thinking, oh gee, I really screwed up. No, the kid's thinking, my dad is such an idiot. You know, yeah. I mean I remember once, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> the mail came 
We opened up the mail and there was a photo ticket of our son, perfect picture of driving, you know, a being, being photo radar picture, you know, 13 miles over the speed limit. Okay. And so he came home and we, we, we laid it right on his desk. He came home uh, and he comes out of his room and he goes, I, 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 I knew this was coming, you know, because yeah. he, yeah, there, there was the flash and he was toast. And he said, So uh, uh what? Uh, no 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 car for a month? And I and I said, Well, then who's gonna take you to school? I'm sure. <laughs> I, I so I said to him, I said, So how are you gonna handle this? Mm. That's and, good. And I, went, well, uh, I said, I read it. Um, it looks like uh, you've got to uh, attend an eight-hour class a week from the Saturday, and it costs uh, $65. Mm. So what you going to do? <laughs> what's, your, what's your plan? Uh, well... Um, yeah. <laughs> I, said, oh, uh, I said, you know, um, the cars could be washed and detailed. Mm. I think, uh, we could, we could. I think the sixty-five bucks is a fair price for that. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and and so you know, instead of ranting and raving and so forth, you know. Mm. I see. As far as I'm concerned, let him bathe in his own guilt. Yeah. Mm. See, when parents scream at a kid, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, is you're removing the guilt. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're not feeling guilty anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not feeling angry. Well, that's not how I want them to feel. Mm-hmm. You screwed up. Yeah. Okay? You have a price to pay. You know, you're going to have to do some work, not to mention yeah. give up a whole, whole freaking Saturday. And yeah. Maybe that's going to get you to think a little more about driving within the speed. Yeah. Hmm. I think what I really love about it is that you actually had a real conversation with him about what he was going through. And I think oftentimes it's hard for us to even have conversations with our kids because we don't have, you know, I think in our minds, we think what I'm going to talk to a kid about. And so as they get older, we don't know how to converse with our own kids because we don't converse with our kids. We always Mm -hmm. give instruction. We always give direction, but we don't converse with our kids. Uh, Today, we went to the grocery store and um, after I picked her up from school and when we got to the grocery store, she was like, no, I want to stay in the car. And I was like, you know, instead of just being mad and upset and frustrated that she wanted to sit in the car, I was like, listen, one day you're going to have to go grocery shopping. And you, she was like, ah, I know, but I don't feel like it. Well, guess what? I don't feel like it neither. Well, my leg hurt. My back hurt. Like, you know, just going back and forth, but just get, engaging her instead of just saying, giving up and saying, you know what? No, because actually when we got into the store, now she's actually engaged in the whole shopping process. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you want to eat mm-hmm. for lunch? You know, and she's picking out the things that she wants to eat That's for good. lunch. But she could have been sitting in the car and I could have ran in and got what I needed 
and for the night. And then she would, we wouldn't have had that experience and that, that conversation. And I think that was another thing that I wanted to add was sometimes we have to create experiences to have the conversation. Like we, we can't like, as a parent, your day-to-day life is go to work, pick a kid, meal, do homework. And those routines could, those routines could just be what they are routines and there's no meaningful conversation added in there. And I think yeah. I'm, I, I know one of the things that I'm really excited about as a father is that I get to pick up my child, take my child to school and pick up my child from school. And that's where we create those moments for conversations uh, It's in the car. Um, but I think that as parents, we all need to figure out how can we create moments to where we can have you know, regular conversations or even creating those conversational moments in, when they're in trouble, but more, more or less, like Dr. Larry said, not even when they're in trouble, just having a conversation with them and giving them the time that they need. Right. Mm. Again, it's, it's a little bit more than just a conversation. It's, it's, it's asking these open-ended questions. Yeah. You know, yeah. Every counselor worth his or her salt, you know, gets, gets trained in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you don't tell a person how they feel or how they should feel. You know, you, you ask them open-ended questions so that they can, ex, you know, extend themselves and express themselves in terms of what it means for them. I That's love good. it. That's, That's real great. Jeff, we're about to get out of here, man. Whoop, whoop! Doc, this is this has been uh and, and so here here's why and so people always get on me they're like oh why you guys always cut it short why you cut it short and so be, because I I'm sensing this is about to take a shift and, and that's a whole other podcast um that I want to get on and so if Dr. Larry will have us uh we'll we'll have him back at a later date um I'm game it's fine <laughs> But but uh, Doc, man, w- before we get out of here, what are what are some parting words that you'd like to leave with parents out there, what, whatever age they are, whether they're new parents, seasoned parents, old parents, I don't know, empty nesters. No, I'm just kidding. how about grandparents? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, see, see, I told you, I told you. <laughs> hey, hey, FYI, he's got a book about that. Yes, no book, articles, but no book. No book. Um, okay. <laughs> You know, again, I, I think uh, you know, parenting is probably one of the most important jobs that we adults do. Uh, you know, learning you know, how to be a, a decent parent and learning how also to be a decent spouse okay, mm. uh, are, are critical. You know, we, we get training in whatever job we do. Why yeah. in the world can't we get some training in these two other important Absolutely. things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're raising, you know, raising a human being is a big deal. Okay? A little bit. You know, and being, and, and <laughs> also learning to be happily married to somebody, by the yeah. way, we just celebrated 50 years. Uh, oh, man, congratulations. Five, 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 five. I wish we had sound effects. Golly. <laughs> So, but, but, you know, but again, some of the principles still apply and, and so mm-hmm. forth. You know, what, what gets the attention from your spouse when they do something well or when they do something bad? Duh. You know, this, this has lots of application. Uh, so, you know, read a book, attend a class, you know, uh, take the time to do these two important things, to learn to be a decent parent and learn to be a decent spouse. Mm-hmm. Your life is going to be a lot happier. 
like that. Kev, what you got, man? Man, y'all need to heed the words of Dr. Larry. Um, and make sure you go to his website, check out all of his material. Um, and be in t- like really, really, really be intentional about what it is that you want to do for your kid. Like we mm. say that we want to develop our kids. We say we want, like, I think it the work is saying, hey, you know what? I am going to be a better father. You know, it takes work to be a better father. It takes work to to even be open up to have these conversations. Like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I want to see the change in my kids. I want to see the change in my marriage. I want to see the change in my family. It takes work and you have to implement these things. And it's not going to, it's not going to turn around over time. Even when I, like, even when I transitioned from preteen to teen, there was a, that was a rocky transition because of, you know, hormones and changing of thoughts and all those good things. So we had to adjust the way we were parenting or adjust the way that I um, um, handled the situation. So parents be, give them time, be patient and ask open-ended questions. And there is, they're not too young to ask open-ended questions. Just don't three words or less, three words or less. They can't take a whole <laughs> sentence, three words or less. Listen, my, my three-year-old, I'm, I'm amazed daily at the conversations that she has with me. And I'm just like, who raised you? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, apparently, you know what? Well, I think we're doing something okay. Um, everybody out there, man, thank you guys for joining us. You guys like the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. Tell three people about you. Tell three people about us. I'm messing up my words. We love you. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless. Peace.